You and your spells and your witchcraft. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? A real house haunting, broom riding, cauldron stirring witch. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bitchcraft Spirituality for Shitty People. And this is your 2023 astrological horoscope. We are not covering everything, we're covering some of the major shifts. Every astrologer is different. I've heard some astrologers say that there is going to be um, AI takeover. I've heard astrologers cover things from an interpersonal scale, looking at what it's going to do to art and culture, with Saturn moving into Pisces, blah, 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 blah. Take what you like and leave the rest. This is my opinion. In my opinion, there is absolutely nothing ordinary about the period of time that we're living in. There's nothing ordinary about, or if you, if you try and act like things, it's business as usual, you're lying. Okay, you can feel it. You're in a once in a 26,000 year cycle. This period of time has been the subject of prophecy all around the world. It has been the subject of cults and religion and art, biblical in nature, mythological in nature, and very fucking uncomfortable. 2023 is a breath of fresh air, but it is also more of that uncomfortability. It is taking off the blindfold once again, looking at the mirror that is the hologram, nightmare dream that is Earth, and being like, oh my God, what the fuck? When will it end? And also, this is a God dream. We are watching the evolution of consciousness and the de-evolution of consciousness in real time. Both seem to be occurring simultaneously, not sure why. What does it look like? It's like if you take a camera that's been on a lo-fi, granulated, modular setting, and then you put it in high definition, and you're like, oh my god, what is this? Is this real? Is this how it really looks? What do I do about it? That's kind of like 2023. Our bullshit detectors are getting upgraded massively. We are going to be able to see through layers and levels of dishonesty. Hopefully get out of the ancient amnesia. Hopefully pull really epic outfits because we have a lot of stuff in Pisces and Taurus. 2023 is giving fantasy land. Um, If you aren't sure if you've lost your mind, you're in the right place. We are going to be going over the major transits for 2023. The energy is kind of like walking into a dream. Um, If you are psychically overwhelmed, there's no excuse. I am very much expecting epic art this year and incredible looks to be served. It's like total recall, sci-fi, like science fiction, fantasy, um, surrealist political landscape, 
meets interpersonal freedom. It's just going to be a weird year, which for me is exciting. There were a lot of periods in 2022 where I was just like, yeah, none of this is real. None of this is real. There's no way any of this is real. And that is a continuing theme, the sort of disbelief, the improbability, the magic, the madness, the goblins, the ghouls. We start off the year on kind of a slow note. And part of that is because Mars is still in its retrograde shadow, still in Gemini, still kind of examining choice points. Mars is our physicality and what we're sort of calibrated towards, what we're going after. And then we also have Mercury retrograde in Capricorn. So it doesn't really feel like there's much change up until March, which I think is kind of a good thing because there is a vast amount of change. It's a completely different energy. And when you think back on the past couple of years, we've had the North Node in Taurus and the South Node in Scorpio. Um, And we've also had a really heavy emphasis on the Aquarian elements of our chart. And Aquarius is about the collective, the hive mind, uh, social justice, humanitarianism, human evolution, technology, AI. And we've kind of been in this square with the Taurus energies, which are about what's physically tangibly here. Um, What is our body saying to us? Uh, What is simple? What is the feedback that we're getting from our senses? And we've had Uranus in Taurus as well, which I think is upgrading our bodily systems, has kind of, um, you know, we've seen solar flares, we've seen peaks in the Schumann resonance, um, weather anomalies, a lot of things changing, issues with the supply chain. But ultimately, all of that is conspiring to get us to pay attention to what's here and now rather than buy into the distant illusion of whatever's happening on the internet or what um, the collective agreement is about what's going on. Now, in 2022, with the North Node in Taurus and the South Node in Scorpio, there was a huge amount of untethering from parasitic shared energy. Things that we share with other people that were toxic and intense could no longer be sustained. And we're going to kind of start to see some of these themes meet a necessary conclusion in 2023 as we finish out eclipses that are on the nodal axis. And we have two nodes in astrology. One points to our collective learning, the direction that we're going in, and the other one points to our, as I like to put it, collective ass, what we're kind of getting rid of or expunging. Um, You may have heard this referred to as the nodes of destiny. Some people call it the head of the dragon, the tail of the dragon, whatever, who cares? Basically, we have the, um, we've been in the process of learning how to be more Taurian, learning how to listen to our bodies, learning how to practice self-love, learning about our own energy, our own energy bodies. What we have been shitting out, what we have been getting rid of has been scorpionic energy. So some of this could be addictions or secrecy or, uh, you know, 
sexual energy, um, parasites, things that we sort of feel like we need because we're obsessed with that don't suit our body or our vehicle. This could have manifested for you in a number of ways. I know a lot of people who stopped having sex because they didn't want to deal with the emotional labor of merging with somebody. I know a lot of people who had um, changes in friend groups, um, who got out of toxic dynamics, uh, whether it was at work or with their friends on an interpersonal level. Um, a lot of people, you know, quit certain addictive behaviors. I personally did like a gut cleanse um, that changed my life. There's a lot of different ways that this energy could have been playing out. Um, and it kind of continues to permeate for some of 2023 um, as we close out some eclipses on that axis. The North Node doesn't enter Aries until July 17th, and that means that the South Node will be in Libra. So up until that point, we are still going to have eclipses concluding our lessons in the sign of Scorpio and Taurus. The North Node doesn't actually enter Aries until July 17th, but in April we have an Aries new moon eclipse. And what this means is that the North Node in the latter half of the year will be in Libra. We have a lot of Aries energy already because Jupiter is currently in Aries, which is massively enhancing our appetite for independence. It's asking us to examine our mission. What do we believe we're here to do? What do we believe we're here to fight for? Are we here to accumulate clout and then die? What is the significance of that? When we have the North Node moving into Aries, there is going to be an emphasis on rebirth, personal independence, interdependence. With the North Node in Aries, it makes us very committed to the self, sometimes quite childish. This is encouraging us to stick to our guns, be really determined, start fighting with everyone, um, refuse to see anybody else's side of things. Just kidding. <laughs> It can make us incredibly impulsive. And with Jupiter and Aries, there is kind of an energy of impending war, even if the war is one of ideas and belief. Aries energy amplifies our desire to survive. I like to think about it as the birthplace of all consciousness. When I think about Aries, I think about toddlers who touch everything. And I also think about light photons and how they only perceive the potential that they'll succeed. And that's kind of the attitude of Jupiter in Aries and the North Node in Aries moving into Aries. Jupiter will move into Taurus on May 16th, which is a nice shift. Until then, we're still in this period of new beginnings, new things. Where do we want to go? What did we come here to do? Aries is very close to the divine, as is Pisces. So we're kind of towing the line here, ladies and gents. So we're still kind of revisiting themes of interpersonal untetherings in the upcoming year. Um, we are going to have the South Node in Libra and the North Node in Aries. So that's the me we access. It's what feels harmonious for everyone versus what is my 
individual direction and truth. And this is kind of like a reshuffling um, of our interpersonal relationships. If they are not in direct alignment with our mission, they cannot be sustained. If we are trying to be pretty and polite um, and save face, but it isn't what our core purpose is, we may run into trouble. So this is kind of the me-we access. And ultimately, both of these nodal points are forming a cardinal cross. So we have kind of like a reset. There's a rebirth happening in 2023 because Aries is the first sign of the zodiac and it does represent new, fresh energy. It's kind of close to the divine, but it's also about survival and what we're here for and what we're fighting up against or um, eager to accomplish. It's where we kind of go into battle for something. It may have felt like a big part of 2022 was knowing that there's changes to be made, but perhaps not having the physical vitality or energy to make said changes. Um, because there's a sense of, of kind of being able to see the shit and not liking it. Um, things that were previously obscured that we couldn't see became really obvious. But at the same time, there was a sense of, okay, well, what now? Because my life has been configured in a way that um, maybe supports parasitic dynamics, but doesn't support what my body needs or um, what brings me joy or self-love. So we're going to see in 2023, a lot of changes that just seem to come out of nowhere. Um, the necessary step forward just kind of appears. And some of that does have to do with that Aries energy um, of that sort of gut impulse, that beginning, that, you know, hard reset that we're all looking for. Objectively speaking, we have been through a lot of trials and tribulations. And I'm going to take you back to January 2020. We had the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in the sign of Capricorn. Capricorn is the sea goat, and it is the most evolved of the Earth signs, and it rules our relationship with the public, uh, celebrity, politicians, public figures. Um, it's ruled by Saturn, which is structure, things that take time to build. This event in the astrological community was revered as their potentially being a fall of the structures that we've been living in as we know it. And that is exactly how it played out. We had lockdowns. We had, I think on a more inward level, despite the external sense of things being shut down, there was a sense of being able to really see through the darkness of the systems that we're living in, in terms of um, hierarchy and putting certain people in positions of power and their lapses of integrity. And Capricorn is all about integrity and it is all about governance and it is all about rule. We're coming out of a cycle that we've been in since about 2008, 2009. Pluto has been stationed in Capricorn. Pluto likes to um, expose things in a really intense, uncomfortable way. It likes to show us what is hiding beneath the shadows. 
I don't know if you remember what happened in 2008, 2009. I think there was some (laughs) sort of stock market shortage, the shortage of magic beans. There was um, a financial crisis. Money. There was a stock market issue. (laughs) Anyway, we've been in this cycle of Pluto moving through the sign of Capricorn. And this also relates to the programming that we received. If you're my age, I'm 27. So the programming we received as teenagers, which was celebrity programming, it was about this idea that there are certain people that we put on pedestals who we worship, um, who we idolize. We've been in the process of dismantling that programming on an inner level, and therefore it is playing out on the world stage where there's a disillusionment with hierarchy, structures, outdated forms of governance, capitalism, worker bee, bullshit, um, um, hardship uh, in order to acquire material goods so that you can be on top of the food chain when somebody else is at the bottom and suffering. So this has been an ongoing process. Now, in the year ahead, Pluto is going to move into the sign of Aquarius. Now, for more context, Pluto likes to make small things really fucking big. I don't know if you guys have ever dated any Scorpios, but they can take one minute detail and they can obsess over it till it becomes a cesspool of energy you can't escape from for four days. It's like this fight that started over nothing and it's like you magnifying glass to something and it blows up and such is the energy of Pluto. It makes small things really big. Um, It reveals what's happening below the surface. It's kind of like mycelium that's sort of connected um, into the depths of the earth. It reveals things. It comes along and it exposes the shit out of whatever area it is in, in your personal chart and the collective chart. It officially moves into Aquarius on March 23rd. And it's also going to retrograde back into Capricorn and hit the nodes a couple times in 2023. But if you take a look at Pluto through history... For example, Pluto and Sagittarius. When we had um, the 9-11 rituals um, and religious fear of religious extremism, um, that was during Pluto and Sagittarius. There was also kind of like all of this stuff about the Catholic Church came out. There's religious extremism. There's a fear of travel. Um, Sagittarius is a very opinionated, one-track-minded sign that has very little concern for the small details. A lot of small details were overlooked during 9-11. Not sure if you um, realize. (laughs) I wasn't living in America at the time, but I do remember there being this sense of like, we are a team and we're going to go fight over there in their land and this sort of like resurgence of patriotism, which is very kind of Sagittarian. It's like this, this, um, yeah, religious extremist, basically. Before that, we had the um, Pluto and Scorpio generation, which is technically my generation. And that is, that was a time where there was the AIDS pandemic. And what came with that was a fear of intimacy, a fear of closeness, 
You also have porn coming out during that period of time. Um, a fear of actually merging fluids. You know, there was a sense of, of sexual exploration, but at the same time, this darkness. So as we arrive at these graduation degrees of Pluto and Capricorn, we've seen what it looks like when the people in power aren't doing the right thing. We can see through the corruption in the structures that have been built. There's definitely been a distrust of elected officials. There's definitely been a fall from grace in terms of celebrities. So if Pluto and Capricorn was exposing things that were happening in the high places, the tip toppity top, <laughs> the 1%, Pluto in Aquarius is going to probably expose things that apply to everyone. Pluto officially moves into Aquarius on March 23rd. So we are shifting gears. We're being catapulted into the future, whether or not we want to. Aquarius is a very future-oriented sign. It is very concerned with the advancement of society. It is, in fact, an air sign. It is associated with social evolution, awakening, the most evolved thought forms. It's the dude who goes and gets water for the entire tribe. It's associated with social justice, equality, furthering one's consciousness. Aquarian energy gives us the ability to see things from all perspectives and all angles. I like to think about it as um, like a disco ball that's very like Aquarian, where maybe you as an individual, make up one of the tiny squares on the ball that is a complete perception. Aquarius has the ability to move from perception to perception and know that all of them are quote-unquote valid. <laughs> the shadow of displacement, of course, can be um, an over-dependence on technology or an over-concern with advancement. Um, it definitely was a big part of COVID was this idea that we all had rules that applied to everyone, even if, and we couldn't like physically be near each other because that's very Aquarian, right? Like to be interconnected, but also kind of detached at the same time. Of course, Aquarius is associated with technology and the internet, um, being the second to last sign of the Zodiac and being the most evolved of the air signs and air is sort of telecommunications. It's, uh, you know, how we communicate, how we get messages to one another, etc. But from a different perspective, I would argue that Aquarius also rules magic. It rules hopes and wishes and dreams. And what is technology? It's just highly evolved alchemy. It's alchemical magic. That's what AI is. Uh, so there is obviously a fear around how quickly um, technology is progressing and also like, how does that relate to our ancestry and how does that relate to our body? Um, you know, obviously we had the first mRNA vaccines that potentially could alter our genetic makeup. Like genetic engineering is going to be a theme in 2023. Um, the sense of being able to sort of like tweak and alter our 
um, compounds and whether or not that's a good thing, there could kind of be a necessary um, aversion away from some of these modalities of healing if the technology hasn't been really ran through. So we'll probably start to see some type of um, exposure of hidden tech, you know, uh, the ramifications of using um, artifice. I think that we could also uh, see an exposure of maybe some incongruences in uh, the COVID story. I also think that we can probably do anything an app can do. That's why it exists. Magic, for all intensive purposes, was the first technology. If you think about the compounds that um, exist in your listening device right now, all of those are elementals. So I think that we could also begin to see um, the hidden side of esotericism, uh, potentially ways in which the occult could have been used against us. Wi-Fi, for example, was invented by an actress called Edie Lamar during World War II. It was used to spy, I think, on the Germans. Your Bluetooth feature is literally a Nordic rune. It is a bind rune. You are already using magic every day. Technology is magic. There is no difference if we're being mirrored an advancement in technology, that's because our own inner technology is getting very advanced. Nothing has permission outside of us to exist without it already happening or occurring inside of us. So what we will see is an increase in technology. Yes, but that is only being mirrored by the fact that our own internal systems, our own internal hard drive our own electrical conduits are upgrading at the same time, and it is getting harder and harder to manipulate us, thank God. Pluto likes to unveil things. Pluto is power. Um, I think that nanotechnology is definitely going to be a theme. Biohacking will be a theme. Um, I actually believe that the AI takeover is an internal thing. Um, listen to my previous episode um, on biohacking with Alexia for more information on that. But we have been in this pressure cooker the past year between Uranus and Taurus and Saturn and Aquarius already. So we're familiar with some of these energetic signatures. It is the desire to improve, to advance, to progress. It is ascension, but it is also wellness. And when we are so obsessed with some unattainable future version of self that has the perfect Tesla microchip and the perfect ass, do we prevent ourselves from loving what's happening here and now? But it's ascension. We are moving up in consciousness. And it sounds like a really good, <laughs> it sounds like a fun thing. It's, you know, this idea of ascension, like we just become these light beings and we just float out of our seats and our skin is glowing. It sounds like a really cute 
picture. But the reality of it is it actually involves feeling and seeing a hell of a lot more um, and being kind of uncomfortable and having to do a lot of cleanup work. An homage to our ancestors. So Pluto is definitely going to amplify the shadow elements of this process. It's shadow work time. I like to simplify this and I believe that there's three types of awakening. The first one is the mental awakening. And this is what a lot of people would call like, like narcissists are just basically here to wake up to the fact that other people exist. That's like the mental awakening. Like you mentally can wake up to like law of attraction. We're in a simulation. Other people exist. None of this is real. Um, a lot of people get stuck in the mental awakening where they like, their self-awareness turns on. Congratulations. They maybe go to talk therapy. They go to like 12-step meetings. And what happens is they are addressing something called the narcissistic wound, which is the part of us that tries to silence the inner condition by re by reaching for something outside of us. And we do this with food. We do this with focusing on other people. Narcissists do this by just completely avoiding emotions. Everybody does this in some capacity, but a lot of people get stuck here because they get stuck in the linguistics of explaining what is going on, where they're just talking and compartmentalizing and throwing dogma at everything. Well, that person drinks. Well, that person's this. Well, that person's this. Well, my dad was an, was an abuser and my mom comes from like a background of blah, blah, blah. Victim this, victim this. They're just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. They're not actually feeling. And you can't feel if you're, if you have a blocked gut. The second type of awakening is the feminine awakening, which is the sacral chakra, um, your gut area, your gut biome. And that's where like 80% of our brain activity is actually happening. Yeah. And it's not verbal, but it's just this understanding that to, Basically, like we're not, we are, we have been creating this from the inside out and like the pain associated with becoming a creator being and recognizing that we have designed everything and we have designed trauma for ourselves and also like actually grieving the unconsciousness and everyone else is really shocking. And a lot of people don't get to that point because it means that you actually have to grieve. And as long as we stay in the upper awakening, the mental awakening, we're not actually grieving. We're just explaining. And actual grief is felt and it, it comes from a primordial place because that's the earth story. It's like a bunch of people became unconscious here and have been hurting each other and forgetting how powerful they are and the truth of who they are. But you can't. And this is where I think that like to intuit and create are the same thing. We manifest and generate out of that feeling. And this is the amnesia of the, the woman, the feminine, the woman, the matrix, the mother wound, forgetting that we are all magical and we are constantly like creating what we don't feel shows up in our external reality. Because our external reality is always conspiring to get us to feel things. It will do it by sending you an avoidant dude. It will do it by like 
getting you in a car crash. It will do it by like, it will do anything it can to try and get you to experience emotion. Um, and the whole thing is, is that you can't dualize emotion because it's energy in motion. You're not supposed, it's not supposed to be bad or good. It's, it's alchemizing. It's changing. It's transmuting for not just yourself, the earth, because that's, it's all the same story. It doesn't matter what interpersonal complex it's playing out in, whether it's with a friend or a job or food or whatever it is. It's all the same story. It's the story of like betrayal, abandonment, neglect, and pain that we have like keep forgetting we're manifesting because we haven't actually feel like felt the initial wound. So that's been like a big part of it. And then I think the third awakening is the heart awakening, which is waking up to, to love, which is, I think what we we're here to do. And I think that you can't do that without first moving into this stage that we're in. I'm seeing a lot of cave symbolism. I'm seeing a lot of like underworld symbolism. We're in the darker half of the year. So that's like insular time is accentuated that internal darkness that rest is accentuated right now and i think that it's important to greet that with compassion um rather than seeking to demonize so the shadow of aquarius can be so cerebral so story oriented so caught up in other people's opinions and perceptions and outwoking each other that we rid ourselves of primordial emotion i am personally incredibly excited um for the psyops within wellness to be exposed there are things that we think are good for us and they're not that good for us there's a huge emphasis on expanding our consciousness as far as possible without grounding it that i think needs to be pulled back okay you can have all of the angels and all of the spirit guides and a dragon could have come into your bedroom and told you you were hot shit. But if your health isn't in the right place, that's an issue. There's also this culture within the wellness community, which is incredibly toxic, um, which involves like bypassing just the shared laws of reality. <laughs> I love talking about this. Um, <laughs> there's also, um, you know, this sense of like, I'm going to let go of all that no longer serves me. My brother does this really funny thing where he'll um, say that and then he'll litter on the ground. <laughs> he'll obvi I'll obviously make him pick it up. But it's kind of like this attitude of not everything in our tangible universe is going to cater to you. It's not all here to cater to you. You know, what the fuck is a light worker? We don't know if um, the homeless guy who's doing heroin on the side of the road is doing more light work than you. You think that because you do yoga in your aloe getup, you're better than that person who could be potentially fighting way bigger demons than you could even possibly conceive? There is a shadow of Aquarian energy, which is the desire to outwoke one another because we're so aware of, of being perceived. If we do things because we want other people to perceive us as good, that just isn't organic. It's just not natural. Aquarius is also the desire to be 
so future oriented, like on what's next to be cool. So Pluto is going to come along and do his fucking business. I'm here for it. I think it's going to be fabulous. The other placement that I'm really looking forward to is Saturn moving into Pisces. This is kind of like, if you can imagine a bionic version of Hitler walks into Middle Earth, that's kind of like what the latter half of this year is like. Very, very surreal. I am personally incredibly excited for Saturn to enter Pisces. Saturn is um, uh, the systems we live in. It is uh, boundaries. It is... <laughs> Some people believe Saturn used to be a sun, and it's kind of like the false masculine. It's like the grandfather figure. It's our perception of time. And for the past... For years, we've had Saturn in Aquarius and Saturn in Capricorn, and Saturn rules both of these placements. So the systems were still upright. They may have changed costumes, you know, but they were still standing. Now, when Saturn went into Aquarius, that was when social distancing <laughs> laws were put in place. And there was this sense of this is for your safety, um, almost kind of like weaponizing our collective empathy became really trendy, where it was like, do your part for everyone. Uh, make sure that you're, um, you know, showing everyone how awake you are. But how awake can you be if you're doing things because you want to per be perceived as doing the right thing. So that was kind of like the Saturn in Aquarius shift. Before that, Saturn was in Capricorn, and that's just run-of-the-mill hierarchy, celebrity culture. Um, certain people are in power. Certain people are not in power. So now with Saturn moving into Pisces, things are going to get interesting. Saturn spends about two years in each sign, and Saturn is sky daddy, it is the disciplinarian, it is structure, organization, teaches us a lesson, we can um, receive karma from Saturn, for better or worse, we kind of get what's coming to us. Um, and Pisces doesn't really like any of those things. Pisces dissolves boundaries. Pisces doesn't follow rules because Pisces doesn't really speak English. If Pisces spoke a language, it would be like glyphs. It would be like hieroglyphics that you could only understand if you were like upside down and underwater. But Saturn moving into Pisces is kind of like the sense of you're going into a nightclub and maybe it's like a um it's like the after party for like a a premiere or like a music festival right so like everybody um is dolled up and there's music and maybe it's sweaty and there's lighting and you can't really see anything um, and it's a little bit foggy. It's hard to make out who's who. There's this sense of sort of glamour and magic and um, illusion. And Saturn comes in to turn on the lights. And when you turn the lights on, maybe there is um, trash on the floor. Or you can see that 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 
you know, person you were idolizing is actually on a shit ton of psychedelic drugs and is incapable of holding a coherent conversation. Or somebody who claims to be an empath is actually, in fact, not an empath at all. So this is kind of the energy of Saturn moving into Pisces. It's like being able to see through illusions. Pisces is also a very dualistic sign, and it symbolizes the duality between man and spirit. The age of Pisces was the age of Christianity, where we have this mystical figure being sacrificed, the implications of Christianity and its impact on other mystical people um, is ingrained into the earth. <laughs> And needs to be processed um, because it's if it's not, we're going to keep living out that wound and it's not a fun wound to keep revisiting. We could have a return or a resurgence of Christianity, a resurgence of that kind of good-evil duality um, that is so prevalent. This is a great time to get to work on your feelings of guilt and shame um, especially the ones that have been imparted to you through the medium of organized religion. This is not a great time to decide to martyr yourself to a cause that could be delusional. This is not a good time to become a victim. Um, this is not a good time to pick up alcoholism because things are going to start to feel incredibly wavy. When Saturn is in Pisces, it will feel like we are one foot in another realm. It's a really good time to use the imagination as a tool to visualize good things, the right things, to use the imagination to clear old karma, to create the future, one free of a bionic Hitler, um, and if Saturn's all about boundaries and time and Pisces dissolves boundaries and time, I do think that there is an interdimensional surrender that we're about to walk into, um, where we get to anchor in the higher self and anchor in the divine in order to get help in the sort of interdimensional shit show that we're caught in. And as we move into late stage capitalism, there is kind of a sense of uh, spirituality being commodified. And I definitely can see that being not just a trend, but also something that is consistently exposed. Our ancestors, our predecessors, in order to learn mysticism and in order to learn magic, they had to take time. They had to go to monasteries. They had to go through certain initiations and rites. And now you can go on TikTok and in the span of about four minutes, learn about magnesium, get a tarot card reading, have some random bloke in the middle of Argentina tell you about the flat earth. And it's like, what does all of these incoherent perceptions and perspectives do to the psyche? What do they do to the soul? 
Now, the shadow of Pisces is confusion and delusion. So when Saturn comes into Pisces, there is a sense of exposing where we have deluded ourselves. Where have we been not looking at the small details, the fine print? Where were we caught up in the smoke and mirrors of a dream? And did we allow it to affect our morality? You know, Saturn likes to come in and bring discipline and karma. Um, We also have Neptune in Pisces. And Neptune takes about 165 years to go through the entire zodiac. And it will complete its cycle in 2026. But Saturn is accompanying the planet of Neptune in Pisces. And the last time these planets were in Pisces together was during the 1800s, during the American revolt against the monarchy. Um, so we could have a revisitation of some of these themes and you have to remember part of what America was founded on was pursuits of religious freedom. There were people here who were looking to escape secret societies. So colonize this land. Um, obviously we're still kind of in America's Pluto return. Um, there is a huge emphasis on reparations, um, indigenous magic versus colonial magic. Um, I definitely feel like there could be revelations, religious and mythological proportions, as if we haven't already been dealing with that already. (laughs) One other thing that I'm looking forward to is Jupiter entering Taurus. I feel like this is going to add to our bodily intelligence that happens on May 16th. It's probably going to make us a little bit more home-oriented. It's a return to simplicity. It's going to be great for art. It's going to be a really magical time probably for fashion. Um, I can imagine there being a rise in eating things with less ingredients, moving away from um, parasitic entanglements once again, moving back into our toroidal fields, drinking from our own well, um, things will probably just look more beautiful. And Jupiter will conjoin the North Node in Taurus on June 1st, which is also just going to add to the learnings that we've been in for the past two years and probably bring a lot of revelations. All of the Mercury retrogrades this year are in Earth signs, which I think probably has to do with our relationship to materials, our relationship to the Earth, our relationship to um, money, the supply chain. Um, There probably being some hiccups with resources. This is obviously something to anticipate, particularly as we still have Uranus in Taurus shaking shit up. Once again, reminding us that we have a physical body. You can't bypass having a physical body. And what you put inside of your physical body is a moment of divine union with the external. It is an agreement. It is a moment of trust. And I think that we're going to see a lot of stuff about biohacking, bioterrorism, whatever. The beautiful thing about this technological age that we live in is that there's so much information on healing, 
don't get overwhelmed. If you're somebody who is looking for um, specific transit readings about your year ahead, let me know. Lots of love and blessed be.